Today we're going to be talking about going all in. Going all in. You know, in the sports world, this is a big deal. You hear this often, and, and many of you know that's the world that I come from. And so today I'm going to be your coach. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. That's the perspective I'm coming from. So if I'm a little hard on you at times, you know that it's me pushing you as a coach. And, and, and if I back off a little bit, it's me empowering you and helping you have a game plan to go out and execute because we want to go deeper. Amen? Amen. And that's what this whole thing is all about. So I'm going to just seek the Father further in prayer, and then we're going to jump into this thing. Father God, we thank you. God, your presence is here, and, and in your presence there is fullness of joy, God. There is, there is so much, Lord, that, that offers us an opportunity to go deeper in you, Father. Our hearts are wide open to receive that which you have for us. God, we pray that you would move every distraction out of the way. We pray, God, that you would speak through your vessel. God, I humble myself before you, Lord. I, I, I become less so that you be, can become more in this moment. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And everyone said amen. Amen, amen. amen. So, so let me say this. Um, you know, having played in the NFL for, for almost a decade, I, I learned something very quickly. So, so my college experience well, this is the thing that I learned. So I, I grew up here in Vegas, obviously, and uh, I played at Cimarron Memorial High School, went on from there, played at Fresno State University, of which at that time I was actually a teammate of Derek Carr's big brother, David Carr. And so we were both playing and we were part of this amazing rise in the program where we went to eighth ranked in the country and and... I'm sorry, Kenny, you know, when I started talking about football, you know, in the UNLV, Fresno State, there's no comparison. So anyway, um, you know, we had this, this meteoric rise and, 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 and about eight or nine guys off of that team ended up going to the NFL um, that particular year. Um, and it just continued from there, David Carr being the overall number one pick. And, and I was one that had that blessed opportunity in 2002. And I learned something very quickly when I got to the NFL. You know, obviously, when you're in high school and you go to Division I uh, football and then you go to the professional level, you are now dealing with the best of the best that there is. And there is just a different level. When you get there, people often ask me, well, what's the biggest difference? And, and I don't know that I knew what the biggest difference was, but I just knew, like, man, okay, I'm walking in as a 23-year-old and these are some grown men. They're big, they're fast, they're strong, they're, they're everything they're cracked up to be. And so I, I really wanted to pay attention to learn how to be a professional. And so every day I paid attention and I was walking closely by those that were willing to mentor me or to teach me how to be a professional. And I watched their habits and the things that they did. And oftentimes those guys would, would come in early and they would stay late and they would take care of their bodies in ways that I was unused to seeing because I went through college eating Taco Bell every day and jack in the box and, and not really being disciplined the way that I needed to be. And so I saw these men doing things different than I had ever seen before. And I watched their practice habits, and every day they were so dialed in, and they stayed after, and, and I was excited when Tuesdays came because that was a day off, but it wasn't a day off because I looked at all of these guys, and they would come in, and they would watch film, and they would work out, and they would sit in the hot tub in the sauna, and I'm like, man, this is next level. But what I realized is that they were all in. And they started teaching me that in order to go as deep as you want to go and to have a sustainable career, you got to go all in, man. 
You can't just lay on the surface and your talent won't just keep you here. It may have gotten you here, but it won't keep you here. And in order to go deeper than you've ever gone before, you got to be willing to do something you've never done before. And so my habits begin to change. My mindset, my perspective begin to change. And and I said, God, I want to go all in in this thing. And I'm not trying to compare a professional sports career to our relationship with Christ. But it is the same thing if you want to go deeper and if you want to get into a sustainable place where God can use us at a level we've never been used before, we got to be willing to go all in. And so uh, I, I, I got a question for you that you'll see up on the screen here, and, and it may sound like a silly question because if I ask you, do you want to go deeper, you'll think to yourself, well, I'm here, aren't I? On a Saturday, as a matter of fact, hurry up, Vernon, because in 20 minutes, the game's going to be coming on, and, and I need to get out of here. You might be saying that. Somebody say, woo, because it's serious, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You didn't think I knew, right? I know what time the games start. So you may be saying, well, that's a dumb question. Why would you ask me if I want to go deeper and I'm here and I was here last night and I got here this morning and and I'm dialed in and I'm ready to go. But the truth of the matter is, is that we can say one thing with our mouths that our heart doesn't align to. There's a passage of scripture in John chapter five where Jesus goes into Bethesda with his disciples and he encounters a man in a place called Bethesda, which means a house of grace. And although this is a house of grace, it's actually a place where a lot of invalids and those that have issues and maladies, they meet up and they gather by what is called the pools of Bethesda, which are these bodies of water. And they're all there because what it has been said is that an angel comes and periodically stirs up the waters and the waters become healing anointed waters and the first person that jumps in is able to actually receive a healing and so what happens is Jesus is walking by and he realizes there is a man that has been in the same position for some time as a matter of fact to be exact for 38 years this man has been sitting by the pool waiting for someone to help him get into the waters when the waters get stirred and Jesus walks up to him and he asks him a question And it may sound like a silly question, once again, because obviously if he's been sitting there for 38 years, he wants something. He wants to be healed. But Jesus asked him, he says, do you want to be healed? And notice the way that I asked that question, because oftentimes I believe when we read it, the way that we perceive it is that Jesus said, do you want to be healed? And I don't think that's the way he asked. I think he literally just asked him, like, do you want to be healed? Because the man made up all of these excuses why he could not be healed. All of these reasons why, and it had nothing to do with himself. It was about everybody else. It was about the fact that everyone got into the waters before him, or or it was also about the fact that no one was willing to help him get close enough that he could actually get into the water because he was lame in his feet and he could not walk on his own. And, And so he makes up all of these excuses, and Jesus ignores everything that he has to say, and he simply says to him, pick up your mat and walk. It's time to do something different. When I was here last year for Deep in 2021, I said that we needed to start paying attention what was keeping us from going deeper. And I talked about the difference between seasons and cycles and that the fact that cycles will have us in the same place over and over and they don't end until we break them. And I want to tell you this, that you will be here in Deep in 2023 with the same issues if we don't do something different. 
And that's what I'm here to coach you through today is to help you understand that it's time for us to really, in order to go deeper, we have to ask ourselves, do I really want it? And that was part of the reason why I told Brother George, I said, George, just give it to somebody that has a desire to have it. Not just anybody that just says, okay, I'll take it. And then they put it on the shelf and never, ever open it and allow it to do what it was meant to do, which is to help you grow in your faith. So give it to someone that has a desire because desire has value. Desire has value. I was thinking about my children. You know I love my children. You guys know normally when I'm here, I put up pictures of them and, and I talk about my wife and I brag on her and my family and I talk about the nuggets. And, and, and I was thinking about my kids literally yesterday as I was praying over this time together and I thought to myself, I said, man, they're, they're, they're so different in so many ways, but then they're so alike and, and we're so appreciative that God has gifted them and, and they're really talented and they're smart and, 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 you know, we don't take that for granted and we're excited about that and we're trying to constantly cultivate their gifts. And so one of the things that I did about two weeks ago is I reached out to both of them and I said, hey, I want you guys to think about something. And I said, I want you to let me know what your goals for 2022 are as it pertains to spiritually, naturally, and personally. Let me know what your goals are. And they all wrote down some things and I got to look at it and I said, wow, you know, it's good to know this. I'm going to put it up so they can see it and I can hold them accountable, my wife and I. And I started looking at that list and my daughter said something in there that, that, that really sparked something in me. She said that I want to get straight A's the entire year. Now, it's been a while since she's gotten a B. She, she, she works that hard. But I realized something about her is that she has a desire for that. And it's not that it's just she's so intelligent, she works hard for it. She'll stay up till two in the morning. She'll do whatever is necessary and needed. You know, we have to make her go to sleep. We have to say, hey, you need to get some rest or, or it's time to shut down. And, and, and she's so committed to that level of excellence. As a matter of fact, I remember last year a teacher gave her a B and it was like an a 89.4. And, and I still kind of got beef with that teacher, if I might be honest. But I remember she literally started crying in the car when she saw that B. And I had to help her understand it. it it's okay, but, but at the same time, I don't want to kill her drive for excellence. If she wants to have that A, I want her to have that A. But I, I want you to understand this, is that there is a desire there. And it's important that we understand the value of desire. As a matter of fact, uh, Pastor Hyden, I saw his message where he talking about deepen our hunger. And he talked about what hunger looks like. I saw the de devotion by Vashon deepen our thirst because the Bible tells us, it says, they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. So in order to go deeper, there has to be a hunger there. There has to be a desire. You got to want it. It's not just going to happen haphazardly just because you think like, ah, okay, well, I went to the deepen conference and, 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 I, and I went through 21 days of prayer and fasting and okay, let me just go back to my old way of doing things. You can't do that. As a matter of fact, uh, later in scripture, Jesus encounters that same man that he healed. He saw him in the temple courts and he walked over to him and he says this. He says, listen, do not return back to your sin. Otherwise, your condition will be worse than where you began. In other words, don't go back to the same cycles and habits that you recently had. In order to experience continual change, you got to stay in a place where you're just hungering and thirsting for God. And so I want to talk about that because feeling comes from hunger. It comes from that desire. 
go to Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. You'll see it up on the screen there. And I'm going to read it until you're hearing very quickly. But it says that my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. And you may say, well, what's the value of that, that, that particular passage of Scripture and how does that relate to us going all in? There are a couple of words in there that I want to point out, and it says it more than once, and you should pay attention that when you're reading Scripture and anything is repeated, that means that it has great value that we need to pay attention. And it talks about shrinking back. Now, if we shrink back, it, it means that we're not giving all of ourselves and we're holding back something. That was what the guys were trying to teach me in the locker room in San Diego when I got there as a young, impressionable 23-year-old, guys like Rodney Harrison. And at the time, guys like LaDainian Tomlinson and Drew Brees were young like me. They were in their second year in the NFL. They weren't these superstars that are now going into the Hall of Fame. They, they were young guys like me. So I was leaning on some of the veteran guys, and they were teaching me that I couldn't shrink back, that I had to give all of myself to it in order to get all of it out of it, what I wanted to receive. And so I want to talk about a few things that we can do in going deeper uh, in 2022 so that, that we don't end up in the same cycles that we've been in. And the first thing I want to talk about is going deeper, it requires surrender. Surrender. This is what Vashon is talking about in the song when he says, deepen my surrender. Deepen my faith and my trust deeper in my surrender. It's given over to God. It's understanding that we have to give ourselves fully to him. That's the only way we're going to be able to, to, to go deeper with him and to be used in the way that he desires to use us, to walk in, in the fullness of what God has for us in the kingdom and how we can be a greater impact and influence and be kingdom advocates. It requires us to be selfless, to give of ourselves. There's a few scriptures that talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15 and 31. Uh, this is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth, and he says, I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die every day. He says, literally, I die daily. This is what I have to do to surrender myself, to deepen my walk with Christ, to understand his will concerning me, it requires me to die. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, it says, He said, if any man will come after me, this man being Jesus speaking, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow after me. Deny himself. Selfless. Getting away from all of our passions and all of our ambitious thinking. As I was sitting there and as Pastor Teddy was going before us in worship and he was saying that anything that we put in a position that is greater than God or we're spending all of our time thinking about it, it's an idol. And those are the things that we need to die to and deny in ourselves. And that broke my spirit because I said, God, I just want more of you. Tear away from me anything that has gotten in the place and has become an idol because I want to deny myself. In John chapter 3, verse 30, it says that he must increase, but I must decrease. That's what it is. It's us lessening ourselves so that God can become more. 
It says that, 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 that where we are weak, God is made strong. In Galatians 2 and 20, it says that I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Paul gives a great depiction and picture of what it means to really deny ourselves and die to ourselves in order to pick up our cross daily. He's saying we are literally crucified with Christ. It's the dying of our flesh. It's the dying of those desires. It's walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. This is what it means to, to surrender. The next point that I want to get to you that going deeper is going to require is personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. The first point that I want to make in that is that we must know that, that we cannot continue to just put it all on God, but we, got, we have to do something ourselves. There is a personal responsibility that it's not just about God just making it happen. And God, God is saying oftentimes in Scripture, I talked about it prior, uh, that, that, that oftentimes when people received healings, that it was the thing that he unctioned them to do, and then they took a step of faith. Not the type of step that you do where your works will, will, will qualify you for salvation. That's not what we're talking about because the Bible doesn't talk about that. The Bible tells us that, that we are saved by faith, uh, by grace through faith alone. Amen? Amen? And so it's not in our works, but, but, but there is a requirement on our part and a personal responsibility that I want to challenge you to. Players would come to me often when I was a coach and they would say, coach, I, I just want to, you know, get better at this. So what's it going to take for me to get on the field and get more playing time? And, and they could ask that question, but I don't think they really wanted to know what it took. Because when you told them, you understood that that meant surrender and sacrifice. So there is some personal responsibility on our part that, that we must. As a matter of fact, if you look at James chapter 4, verse 8, uh, uh, it, it says to us that if we come near to God, he will come near to us. That if we submit ourselves to him, therein is where we receive the power to resist the devil and then he has to flee. But there is a something on our part that we must first do. The point that you'll see there is that you have to spend time in the word. This is how you take personal responsibility. There is something that you have to do with spending time in the word. Romans 10 and 17 says that, that faith comes by hearing the word and the word being the word of God. This scripture, this Bible, this living, breathing epistle that we can read that, that gives us the heart of God is the thing that we have to do in spending time with him. This is how we go deeper. This is how we have the Holy Spirit reveal to us the mysteries of God, as scripture says. Uh, the next thing that we do is we walk in fellowship. In Acts chapter 2, it's, 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 it's interesting that uh, part of the reason that, that they were able to experience the move of God, that they were able to experience because it says that they were all in one place on one accord. That's the picture of fellowship. And if you are in fellowship, then this is how you can go deeper and this is how you can take personal responsibility. When you gather with the saints, when you walk arm in arm with those who, who, who subscribe to the gospel and live in a life that is pleasing to our Father, this is how we go deeper with personal responsibility. The next thing that you do is that you level up your prayer life. Oh yeah, it's important that we level up our prayer life. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it talks about uh, praying without ceasing, <laughs> like literally praying continually at all times in our life. And it goes on further to say that this is actually God's will concerning us, that we pray, that we seek his face. 
that we spend time in communication with him. These are the things that we can do. This is the personal responsibility that we can take in order to go deeper than we've ever gone before. The next point that we must understand in going deeper is that it requires a greater commitment. Yeah, yeah, a greater commitment. I'm saying that, that there's something more that we have to do. Again, this is not a battle of works. This is not you doing something that's going to qualify you because none of us qualify, amen? None of us are worthy of what Christ did for us. As a matter of fact, it says that all of our sins are as filthy rags. It says that there is not one righteous, no, not one. So, so there's nothing that, that's in us that's good enough, but, but there is a level of commitment that we need to make in order to go deeper with Christ. And, and I look at it like this, is that we got to get on our grind. We say this in the athletic world, like, man, you got you to get on your grind. You got to do the work. You got to do the work. You got to be willing to go out there and, and, and put in the, the time and the energy and the effort. And what that looks like in the body of Christ is just spending time seeking God. Like I said, in prayer and digging in his word and walking in fellowship. And, and I almost look at it like uh, just a mindset, like just getting after it. A grind set. Ooh, just made that up on the spot. Y'all put that on a shirt. I know how y'all is at walk, boy. <laughs> Have grind set shirts next week, man. I want one. <laughs> amen. Amen. The next thing is that you have to sell out for the result that you seek. Remember when I walked in that locker room, I learned something. I, re- <laughs> I remember there was this guy, man, and I hated being next to him during practice because of just his work ethic was so ridiculous. And I don't understand if he was a machine or a man because his endurance level was just so impeccable. Um, and I didn't understand because, you know, we'd be doing conditioning drills and this guy would literally be running like full speed out in front of everybody to the point where he could almost turn around and be like, come on. I'm like, What? And then he get on side of you and he's like, come on, come on, like grabbing you. And I'm like, bro, stop. Like, I can barely breathe. Just let me get through this. But, but the thing about it was that he, he was just sold out to the cause because he wanted to get something out of it. And, and, and I'm telling us that we need to sell out in order for the result that we seek. If your desire is to grow closer to him, to go deeper in him, then these things that we're talking about, listen, man, we got to put in the work. We got to be willing to seek God. We got to be willing to really lay on our face before him and just ask him to empower us because there is no power in ourselves. The Bible actually tells us, it says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his great might. So it's his strength that empowers us. We got to leave it all out on the field of the court. No, Pastor Hyden's a basketball. He's a baller, right? You know, he does that. You know, I don't do that. They had this game, I remember it was like a, well, they called it like a celebrity game. And, you know, he was, we were on the same team and I was like, bro, don't pass me the ball. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know what happened to my game. Like, I, 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 I was good. That was my first sport, basketball. And, you know, I guess if you don't do it after a while, you're lifting weights. And, you know, that's what I blamed him. I'm like, I'm too strong for this now. Like, <laughs> but, you know, handle was just, ah, I'm like, oh, lose that thing. Like, it just, it wasn't good. But, yeah, went off on a tangent. But. You got to leave it out on the court or leave it out on the field. That's what we say. We say, give it, give it, give it your all. Give a greater commitment. And then you want to level up your discipline, which means it's going to require you to what you've done during these last 21 days. Amen. Is you've, you've taken that flesh and you've made it captive. 
It's discipline. It's, it's, it's being consistent in that time that you spend with God. That may mean waking up early. That may mean staying up late. It might mean a lot of different things, but, but, but let God give you the plan because he will. He'll show you what he desires of you. And, and if you are leveling up your discipline, that means that you're going to be serious about this walk. You're going to be serious about whatever it requires. And sometimes that can be a little painful. Anytime we're subjecting our flesh and we're suppressing it and we're putting it under our feet, it's painful. You know that just from fasting. It's just like, uh, you, you, you're, 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 you're really taking that flesh under subjection and you're giving that to God and saying, God, here is my level of desperation for you. It's discipline. Amen. And so the next thing is, is that we're going to go deeper and it's going to require us being comfortable being uncomfortable. That's what I'm talking about. As a coach, you know, part of the reason we had two-a-days and training camp and all of that stuff is that you wanted to put the players in a position where they were uncomfortable intentionally so that they knew how to manage that, and that became a condition that they were able to operate under. So when they were in playtime situations, it wasn't difficult to revert back to understanding, oh, I'm okay being uncomfortable. So no matter what the circumstance is, I've been here before. And so we have to become comfortable being uncomfortable. I want you to look at this picture because I, I looked into this when we talk about deeper. Um, there, there is a thing that, and, and I don't do this, I, I know some people who's into this, but, but they go deep sea fishing. If you check out this picture and you see that, got somebody over here to do it. Take me with you one time. Um, but when you deep sea fish, I looked into it, I actually asked some people and I did some research of my own and, and it says that, that the deep sea is considered anything that's more than nine miles out. And as a matter of fact, that's actually the shallow end in many cases because oftentimes there'll be 20 to 30 miles from the shore, which to me is just scary. I'm just gonna be honest. But they're out there and the water gets deeper the further out you go. It says that it's hundreds of feet deep and that in the deep, the deeper you go, the greater that you will find. The catches are greater. It's bigger. There's larger schools of fish and they're larger trophy fish. You'll see these people holding up these fish that are half the, 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 the height of their torso. And, and it's just like, wow, how did they do that? But you can't do that on the shallow end. It's only out in the deep sea. And, and taking a greater risk, it yields a greater reward because there is some risk with being out there, amen? That water is colder, it's, it's more dangerous, it's tumultuous, but, but, but there is a great, great reward that is available to you if you're willing to go deeper. And that's just what I'm trying to tell us today, that if we're willing to go deeper, that, that there is a reward that God is just saying, here, if you want more of me, then I'll give you more of me. That's what he's talking about when he says, ask, seek, and knock. That hunger and that thirst that you have, that if you're willing to go deep, then, then he says, hey, here, I'm waiting for you, that, that I want to dispatch to you that power that you need, that strength that you need. He says it's in going deep. There's another picture I want to show you here. My dad actually was, was in the construction field growing up, and, and he was building all of these projects. As a matter of fact, he was uh, directly connected with some of the older hotels that were out on the strip. He was a part of those teams that built it, and he actually retired very early in his 30s when I was in college because he had been doing it so long, but he oftentimes talked about the process of building. And I would ask my dad, Dad, what, what, what does it look like to build a foundation, and what does it mean? 
mean to, to have rebar and he helped me understand all of these things that I was able to actually apply to my life in setting foundations in the word of God. And, and, and there's one thing that, that I was reminded of that when you're digging and the deeper you go, sometimes they have what you may hit that's called what? Caliche. We got some people that understand that, right? And that caliche can be a problem. Because if you look, there, there's soft, dense ground up above that, that's easily able to dig through. And then all of a sudden you hit this layer that, that is just rock hard. It's almost like natural concrete that has been developed, this calcium carbonate. And it's this buildup that, that in order to get through that, it's going to require some extra reinforcement. And that's why when construction companies say, hey, we hit caliche, it's going to cost you some more money. It's going to be a different process that they're going to have to take on. And, and it becomes hard and difficult to dig through. And, and it gets expensive and it can cause issues in the building process. And, and you got to understand that in order to build up, you got to be able to, to go down deep. And, and if you hit the caliche, it's not that you can't get through. And so often people hit the caliche of life in those hard moments when we're digging deep and we just stop and we run away. But that's not what we're to do because you can still break through the caliche. It just requires you to go deeper. Amen. And I want to tell you today that, that this is the process where God begins breaking up the fallow ground. This is where God begins tearing through all of those things that need to be removed in order for us to really go deeper in him. Those things that must be broken up in us so that God can begin to build us back up again. Amen. As I close, there, there, there's this last picture that I want you to see here. And uh, I, I love, I've gotten to the point now, now I'm almost embarrassed to admit this. Um, I've always loved reading my whole life, but, you know, the Lord blessed us with the gift of Audible. And, um, you know, I, I listen to books just about as much as I actually read them. And, um, you know, people tell me about a book and I'm like, the first thing I do is go see if it's on Audible. Like, oh, if it ain't on Audible, I can't be that way. But I was listening to this, this book recently, and um, someone was telling a story that I thought was very interesting. Now, the author of the book was talking about a process that um, in his home, he was experiencing some issues. So he had these very, very high water bills. And he kept thinking to himself, like, man, this is crazy. Like, I mean, hundreds of dollars, like, every month. Now, granted, he had this big property, but he just felt like, man, he had people come out and check for leaks and all of these different things. And he's just like, I don't understand what's going on. And, and so it was said that the property that he lived on, that there was a potential that there was running water beneath the ground. And so he wanted to find this out because what he understood and knew was that if we can actually develop a natural well here, then, then, then I have a new water source. And I no longer have to count on what, what we're counting on now, which is just accumulating high bills. And so he brought a team out and he told them, he says, hey, dig and, you know, see if you find water. And, and this is just something that you never know what you're going to find. You may not find anything. You, you, you may hit, hit water. It's almost like striking for oil. And so the team came out and they dug and they dug pretty deep. They went down about 400 feet and they said, we don't see anything. And he says, okay, well, um, you know, can, can you just dig a little deeper? Because I believe that, you know, I've been told that, that there's water under, under the ground. And so they kept digging in, and it says that, that they, they alerted him, and they went to him, and they said, okay, well, we've dug down about 700 feet, and we still don't see anything, and, um, you know, this is still going to cost you. And he goes, wait a minute. So whether you hit something or not, I got to keep paying? 
he goes, okay, so I got to look at this two ways. Either we're just going to keep digging because if I'm already paying, then I want to, you know, get my money's worth, or I just need to stop right here and count my losses. And it says that he told him, he says, just keep digging. I just believe that, that, that there's something down there, that we just got to keep going deeper. And they went deeper and they got down to 900 feet and there was still nothing. And finally, at this point, you know, he got another bill and he's like, okay, I, I can't do this. I, I need you to just keep digging. And you don't stop until I tell you to stop. It says they went down about 1,400 feet and then they got down to about 1,460 feet and, and, and they said, we, we don't see anything. And he goes, okay, this is the last time. Just keep digging. And it says that they dug down just 40 feet deeper. And like this picture you see right here, there's so many layers of what's beneath the surface, but, but down deep, there's the replenishing power that you need. There's that thing that you need. And it said that at 40 feet deeper, 1,500 feet, they hit the water. It says that it just sprouted out like a geyser. It remedied his issue of the high bills. It changed his circumstance and his situation. But it all came because he was willing to go deeper. So as we pray, I want you to understand something. That your desire to go deeper, that your willingness to be disciplined, that, that, that everything that is necessary and needed, your commitment level changing, you just leveling up your, 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 your faith and, and trusting God and just saying, God, I'll do whatever is necessary. I want to go deeper to break this cycle. I'm tired of the same old, same old. Every year I say, God, I'm going to go deeper and, and I'm going to be more powerful and I want to be used greater for you. And, and I want you to, 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 to use me mightily, God, and just open doors so that I can just exemplify your glory in the earth. And, and then we end up just feeling ineffective and unequipped. And part of that, it falls back on us. I'm challenging us to walk in that personal responsibility of going deeper, that this is how God can take us to that place that we're seeking and desiring. And it's not about the tangible, natural blessings and gifts. I'm talking about him taking us deeper in a way that we experience more of him and that we can be used in a greater capacity. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you again for this word and this time and this opportunity to dig in, God. I thank you, Lord, for the visionaries of this house, Lord, and how they've just... Uh, sacrifice and poured out to afford this opportunity so that we can all, Lord, receive more, that we can go deeper in you, God. Now I'm asking, God, that you would remove every distraction and all of those things that stand in the way of us going deeper in you. Speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, guide us and direct us. Give us the discipline, God. Give us the desire and the want to, Father, that we will take nothing less but just to have more of you so that we can be used at a greater level. We thank you, we honor you, and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.